listening to the Carrero Podcast. I am Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez. Today we have two young guests with us, Varun Kishar and Barbara Konanova. Varun is a 17-year-old future university student from India. He has lived most of his life abroad in Finland and in Hong Kong. This exposed him to many different types of cultures. Some of his passions include basketball, model UN nations, and speaking in debate format in general. Barbara is an IB graduate and a college student at NYU who will be studying film and psychology. She currently lives in Helsinki and has been part of the international community for most of her life. Besides the arts, she is passionate about topics surrounding equity, human rights, and inclusion. Thank you so much, Varun and Barbara, for joining us today. Your teacher, Miss uh, Rachel Thrash, she was a guest on our podcast a couple months ago, and she recommended the two of you be our guests today, so thank you. But we wanted to know a little bit about how you know each other and how you've worked together, and um, anything that you want to share if you've worked on projects together. Uh, well, um, we've known each other for the past, I think, four years, three, four years. Yeah. So, And we've been pretty good friends for that amount of time, and well, we've helped each other a lot when we're like studying for exams and stuff and tests, and we've hung out a lot out of school as well. And I can't really think of any specific projects, maybe a few in English and psychology. We just we took, together. yeah, we took all the same classes and that kind of always kept us involved. So you both yeah. graduated with the International Baccalaureate uh, Certificate or is it degree or how does that? Uh, diploma. It's, it's a diploma. diploma. Yeah, okay. Diploma program. Yeah. So the way I understand that is it's um, sort of like a, I guess, a theme throughout your program and you pick the same classes that that award that. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that works? Sure. Do you want to, do you want to say something? You, 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 can, you can start. I'll you, well, yeah, well, basically every school that offers the IB diploma, they usually offer a variety of different classes and we have different subgroups of classes. So like there's a science section and within the science section, you can choose, you can do chemistry or physics or biology. Me and Varun did biology, for example. So you kind of, in a way, have a bit of freedom in what you're going to study. And that also depends on what you want to do in university as well. So it's a bit, it's a bit flexible, but still, still very much tight in terms mm-hmm. of what you can choose. Cool. And like the years leading up to the diploma program, so those are the last two years of your high school, they basically te- teach you like generic versions of the course. So we learn like science generically or humanities mm. generically. Mm. And we learn aspects of the specific course. Like in humanities, we learn a bit of psychology, a bit of history, a bit of geography. And based on mm. that, we get to choose what we were most interested in and we pursue that as a subject. Yeah. Wow. It's very much like college if you enter without... And we say college, but university, like if you enter yeah. without declaring a, like a major. So that's yep. interesting. So, so both of you are in Finland and most of us in the, in, in the States just know it's kind of, Finland is located up there because we're, yeah. you know, we're so uh, wrapped up in ourselves. We're so egocentric. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Love that. Uh, um, Tell us how how this how COVID has has affected you um, personally, but then but then your but then your country as well. Well, I mean, personally, it hasn't had much of an impact apart from like travel being like suspended. That's the most like impactful thing. So, uh, and then also like graduation and things like that being canceled. Mm. But most of the year we'd finished up all of the big events apart from our exams and. Uh, graduation so and we did kind of have a graduation ceremony but it was a bit like social distancing and all of like everyone kept two meters apart and you really couldn't interact with people Mm. but otherwise Finland as a whole just uh, for at least I think two or three weeks we went into a proper lockdown where we only were supposed to go out for essentials and then soon it lightened up where we could go out and we can now do exercise outside. We can meet right now. We can have events with like 50, 50 people, maximum of 50 people. And they're looking to open up amusement parks and things like that. So we're getting back to normal, but it's still a slow process. Okay. So during that time, were your classes put online as well? Yeah, they were put, they were put online. We, it was very quick. I expected to kind of come back to school 
the following week because we finished like the week on Friday. And I thought, yep, we're coming back next week. Then we receive an email being that we are completely prepared to take the school and education completely online. Then they started having classes. First, we did Google Meet. Then it didn't work. Then we started doing Zooms. And after that, we at first thought that we were still going to have exams in person. And then we find out that IB exams are completely canceled, which just wow. never happens because mm-hmm. it's so tight. The, the program is so strict and tight. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago when Ebola happened and my headmaster said, even during the Ebola crisis, the schools in the African continent, they were still advised to take the exams. So we were like, there's no way this was going to mm. Yeah, cancel. Like, there's just the no way. The examiners got leaked to everybody, and we found <laughs> yeah. out that way. Wow. Oh, interesting. I bet, you were, I bet you guys were excited about it. <laughs> I mark the day in my Google calendars. <laughs> the, the day, no, literally, the day of prison release. I called it the day of prison release. I was like, this is the day <laughs> that... <all. laughs> this is so relieving. I love it. That's funny. Yeah. So we've asked you both here, due to your passions um, with uh, Varun years with the Model UN and in activism and equity, Barbara, can you tell us a little bit of your experience with these programs? He's pointing at yeah, of course. Um, in terms of um, in terms of I guess equity and activism, uh, I'm actually pretty similar to Varun. We both did uh, MUN. A couple, a couple times, uh, some of those times were together. And I think this is where it all started. But generally speaking, what got me into that is not so much the activist part, but just the equity part, me moving around and living in a bunch of different places. And that's, that also being the reason I take the IB diploma, because it's offered worldwide. I just think that diversity is just such an answer. I mean, it's so cliche when people say diversity, diversity, like celebrate diversity. Mm-hmm. But then only recently I was like, what does that actually mean to mm. be diverse? And then how it affected me, like I'm, I'm white, I'm a woman and I'm white and I have so many privileges. Uh, yet we see racism, like Finland is one of the most racist countries. Wow. And I've dealt with that because I was born in Russia. Like people will be like, I can't hire you because you're Russian. I can't, I can't like kids would bully kids would wow. do this and that. And you, you'd grow up and you, you would get refused job offers. People will talk about you. People won't sit next to you. And then I thought, well, if it's bad for me being white, how bad is it when it's being a whole nother ethnicity? Cause I, I, I have blonde hair and blue eyes. I look mm-hmm. identical to people here and they mm-hmm. still find ways to kind of exploit that. Mm. See, I'm, then, I'm, yeah. I had the opposite experience because I'm, I'm a completely different ethnicity than you, but everyone here seemed very open to me, very friendly to me, and very welcoming. But uh, then again, India and Finland don't have a past like Russia and Finland do. Yeah, yeah like that's Russia. true. It's a really smart observation. So, yeah, um, Barbara, both. you mentioned that you were asking, like, what is diversity? Have you come up with your personal definition of what that means? This is a bit, okay, this is a bit funny, but I love stand-up. You'll see where I'm getting with this. I love stand-up comedy. And I remember watching, I remember, listen, it gets good, Fred. I feel, I see the judgment. It gets good. I love it, it too. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. This is awesome. I was watching the stand-up, um, and one of the stand-up guys, his name is Matt Reif, He's great. He's funny. He was talking about um, the difference between Americans and Brits. And then he said, you know, the definition of my millennial culture, it's all about taking parts of everybody's identity and bringing it together and us all developing empathy. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly it. As I mm. don't have to understand, I just have to empathize. Yeah. Um, it's like you said uh, earlier before we started the podcast, how we are kind of, or I think it was during the podcast, he said a little bit egoistic. We only think about ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then diversity is kind of actually thinking about other people in general, being empathetic with other people, helping other people, noticing them, just them, like seeing them, really seeing them. Yeah, I think we used to really focus on, like in the States, um, the melting pot. But that yeah. actually implies that everyone has to assimil- assimilate and come together and become one. Mm, but I think exactly. what you're saying is it's okay to be different. It's okay to to, you know, have a different ethnicity and to come from a different place. Even if you look similar or if you look different, these things are fine. It's just 
understanding or being open to understanding and listening and and like you said, empathizing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. People refuse to listen. That's what it is. And diversity is about actually understanding that there's other people. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on other, not like you, other, mm-hmm. the other part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's I think people are finally starting to understand that because I've been I've been teaching multicultural ed class classes ever since I was teaching high school, which was a long time ago. Um, oh, wow. You must be really old, huh? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I like this person. I love <laughs> this <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and yeah, there was a, there was, there was a time when, when the, I guess the movers and shakers in multi, multicultural ed would teach in a way that we would call it single, like single group, studies where you would just talk about Hispanics and you would talk about them in, in a very stereotypical type of way. And then you would talk about the native, like native Americans in a very much stereotypical way. Um, and so it was, it was kind of like this way of separating. Um, whereas people that came after them kind of like me were saying, but I don't fit this, this, Stereotype. Um, I don't speak mm. Spanish, so hey, 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 guys. Guess, I wasn't part of a gang. Guess, guess what, guys? So, um, how is how is equity? How is diversity taught there? Well, um, that's like it's a, it's a bit hard to explain, but like it's very much student led. I would say the teachers in, inspire the students to take leadership on that. So, um, for example, they, like, I think in Ms. Thrash's podcast, she mentioned, like, the, um, the refugee, uh, what was it? The refugee. What was it? The refugee camp that we attended? No, no, the refugee camp, but also the, the cafe nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tell students to, they inspire older students and younger students, not just the kids that they're focused on to go attend these so they get an understanding in a unique way. And also, like, I, I at least remember a class that I had, or, yeah, that I had, well, this was when I was staying in Hong Kong, but, like, Finland, it was an international school where they actually took us to live in what a slum is, what it's like to live in a slum. Mm. That um, And they took us through what they would have to do every day, like the work they'd have to get done, the food they would eat, and we were pretty much treated like servants for the whole day wow. so we were taught to to see things from another perspective That's well then well, what was the what was the outcome for you personally well i i'd seen a, a side of like society that i never thought really existed because i'm if i'm being honest i think i could say this for barbara too we both lived in kind of a bubble mm, like yeah we our did. own like sort we of still like, do. We still yeah do. With our own social bubble like Everyone is similar economic status. Everyone has similar, like, uh, family values, things like that. And then you come to see a world that's completely different and you're literally living it. And we're only living, like, maybe, te- like, 2 two or 3% of what people have to actually go through. Mm-hmm. And it's really crazy to see that and see things in that, that sort of way. What an impactful experience for you to have. Mm-hmm. Did you have this recognition of where you came from before that experience to where you were after it, like a reflection, maybe an aha moment or something. I I would say so. Definitely. Cause, um, before that, like when you're a kid, you tend to take everything for granted, but it's only when it's like kind of pointed out to you and it's blatantly shown to you that you realize like, how much you have to be grateful for. Yeah. And, and more so in a very experiential process yeah. rather than just like, I don't know, my parents used to be like, because, yeah. kids are hungry. You need to eat your dinner. You're like, it seems so intangible to me, you know, but like yeah. to be there and see it and to feel it and to work it and to experience it is, is at a much deeper level. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your experiences with the Model UN? So, um, well, Barbara and I were in different committees. So MUN mm. works a lot like the United Nations does. There are different commi- committees and you discuss different things. 
So I was in the Economics and Finance Committee, and basically one of the issues that really resonated with me was where they looked at, um, it was like the economic situations in certain countries and comparing like uh, the standard of living of different countries. Things like that always like uh, seemed to resonate with me, seeing like as to how um, countries that seem to have a high GDP won't necessarily be the best country to stay in for like uh, health wise. They might not spend as much on healthcare. They might not spend as much on uh, education. So seeing things in that sense taught me like it's not just like the numbers don't say everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you could exactly. use the United States as an example of that because yeah, that's exactly what you're saying yeah. is we have a very yeah. high GDP. They're spending a lot on weapons and things like that. But right. I don't think, I would say Finland has some of the best healthcare in the world. They, yes. they have like, I don't know, I, they have a lot less money than the U.S. Mm-hmm. I can't give yeah. exact figures. But our healthcare system <laughs> is a hundred times better. Our um, Education. Our education. education. Now, I can't comment because I haven't gone to school in the U.S., but I would say Finnish education is some of the best in the world. Absolutely. And, uh, like, we, we have really punctual public transport, things like that. And, like, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but we have probably the best police in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll my gosh. I, topic, yeah. I absolutely love the police here. Yeah. I have so much love. But, yeah. Wow. Like, because I, because I, of how well they're trained. I want to, like... Oh, you and, just love yeah. them. <laughs> That's amazing. No, but you don't like. Come on, they're like, sociable. They're actually sociable. You're so, not scared of them. They're so social. I I treat them like they they see me. You know, I I was I approached. I remember I was approaching. I was on the railway station. I was approaching one of the policemen, and I was I was asking such a generic question, and they said like, "How's your day going today? Like, are you are you doing okay today?" Or then I remember when I just got my car, and I was this is ridiculous, but I was so scared to pump gas into it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a police car in the gas station. I know, literally, this is like terrifying. And I came up to the police guy and I was like, hey, um, can you like help me please? <laughs> and he was he laughed at me and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Well I can of course I can help you. This is what you do. And um wow. they care. That's the feeling is that they care. They don't hurt. They never do. Yeah. I never I never yeah. I would never imagine them hurting someone without just Without like reason, and and they're actually trained to incapacitate. Like their their training is not trained to kill. Their training is yeah. you don't shoot you don't shoot in the spot where it hurts. You shoot at the kneecaps, mm. yeah, so that the person can't run away, but that they're not dead or in a in a hospitalized situation. So in a, in a position where they can heal. So mm. if you're like if you're ever doing anything illegal in Finland, which you shouldn't do, but <laughs> uh, you can. You can do it without the risk of your life. Yeah, like being exactly. Online. Whoever you are, or Whoever even if you're not you doing are. anything illegal. But yeah, right. doesn't matter. I think that gives us but a good think- lead in actually to what we were going to talk about. Um, so I'm assuming you are well aware of the George Floyd uh, murder mm-hmm. and the the riots and the protests that have gone. Um, they're huge in the U.S. because it's taking place there, but. I've been listening to the news and I know that like um, Australia and many other countries are also protesting because they have similar issues. You're saying that your police officers are very much beloved in Finland. Um, How has this affected you and what have you seen and what is, what are people saying around this um, in your, in your circles? See how we're so polite. I don't know if um, you'll record the videos, but like me and Bruno are just pointing at each other yeah. all the time. <laughs> so speak, please. Um, I think for me, uh, I mean, there were so many little small things without talking about the general, because generals are very, I hate cliches. I hate being like, yeah, like lives matter, black lives matter. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, little small discoveries that I've had, like the fact that the civil rights movement was actually documented in color and people chose to show it in black and white. Mm. Or with George Floyd, I, I remember sitting down with my mom and watching the video of him being choked. And I just thought to myself, I could never imagine seeing that here. I just can't. If I tell, if I, if I shoot someone and I tell the officer here that I can't breathe, mm-hmm. they would have let go. No matter what I would do, I know they would have let go. Mm-hmm. 
and seeing that and then realizing like um that I'm going to that country that I'm going to New York at one point or another yeah like what the hell is that mm-hmm. well, how is that you know and I have people there already that I know that live with that and I didn't realize mm-hmm. I thought you know and we had the stereotype you know Martin Luther King that he was dead like this is a long time ago no it's not it's recent mm-hmm. this is happening it's only 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. Columbus Day is still being celebrated yeah. I I didn't it didn't even it didn't even clock in my head that that is what is happening I even as a kid I was like yeah like Columbus Day he like discovered <laughs> the America of course we would celebrate him it's not about that. So just little mm-hmm. small things, little small lessons like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I didn't think about that that way. And that, that's just sad. It's the first time I truly felt sad for people I've never, ever met before that are so different to me. Mm-hmm. I just I was crying with my mom when we saw the video. I was generally crying. I couldn't I couldn't help it. I didn't I don't care what he did. If we forged the note or whatever, if you forged the signature, I don't care. It doesn't that doesn't mean you can kill someone. And then be freed with bail. I was like, this is so corrupt. I hate this. This is mm-hmm. not, I can't. Like, I can't. I'm done. I can't. I'm so, that's unfair. Yeah. And it's also really tough to see how, like, at least it's, it, it might not be the case, but it seems that a lot of the police officers aren't empathetic towards the situation. Mm. It seems as though they're like, we're going to support our brothers in arms, like mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters in arms we're gonna if they get uh, fired we're gonna retire we're gonna resign too we're gonna stand by them but i guess it's a defensive mechanism Mm -hmm. yeah it is that is due to a lack of training yeah to some extent because if you if uh, like there was a statistic i saw and i put it up on my story on instagram it's that american police only get i think 21 weeks of training yeah, something like that. Have like a requirement, uh, like, and if you compare them to uh, Norway, Finland, and Germany, yeah, to become a police officer and, and a high school level education, that was the other one. Mm. In Finland, you need two years in a specific school, and you need to be certified to be a police officer. So they spent two full years just training you. Uh, in Norway, it was three years, and in Germany, it was two years. You mm. compare that to like. 21 weeks is a long time, but it's not, it's nowhere near that same amount of time. You can't expect them to be nearly as well trained as, as people in other countries, as police officers in other countries. I think it, it goes by, um, in the U S state by state also like city and County by County. Um, I have family members who are police officers who Mm -hmm. have a two year degree and then go through whatever Academy that is. And I think um, Varun, what you were saying is it's a bit of a culture in the police department and in each specific police department on top of that. So yeah. there is that that idea that um, you protect your brother or your sister as a police officer, like a fellow police officer, because you need them to protect you and you protect them. And I think what we're seeing right now is that they protect each other to a fault, um, yeah. And they've taken it a bit too far because those three other guys who are standing there watching this happen did not did not stand stop. up and say, this yeah. is enough. You need to stop because yeah. of probably the culture that has been fostered within that police community. Yeah. Um, but I believe pretty honestly that like my brother-in-law, who is a police officer, would mm-hmm. would have stepped in and said, this is not OK. So. Right. Um, and I, but and I think, also, yeah, yeah, sorry, no, I was going to say, I think that oh. goes to a lot of experience and just empathy and training. And my, you know, like my family members have, have had a lot of education and training in this, but that's not the norm. That's not the average no, across not. the board. Yeah. So. And it was weird. It was weird how people reacted to it as well, because um, we're essentially what the movement was about is kind of battling that prejudice Mm-hmm. However, now there's this counter movement of, you know, all cops are bastards. Mm-hmm. And because Which I live is, here, yeah. I like I completely disagree with that mm-hmm. because like 
again, my police, I love them. I truly do. Mm-hmm. And they, in my eyes, they can't do wrong, which is one of those jobs where like, you can't just be a pilot and be like, oh, this flight didn't work out today. Well, <laughs> you guess what, guys? Like, it's I, it's I, it's I, guys. You know, next time, the charm is fine. Mm-hmm. And then, but now people are attacking kind of massively. It's almost like you're treating prejudice with prejudice. That's what I don't mm-hmm. understand. That's why I feel so strongly about it is it's actually a, maybe like, um, I saw this video of a woman, a black woman being arrested. And before she was arrested, she gave flowers to the police officers. And it was such a beautiful thing to see because I, she's so strong that she didn't even have hate towards them. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what we need to see is that it's not about hating on the people who did you wrong. It's about forgiving. And when you forgive, they understand that you're vulnerable. But of course, I'm not here to speak up about that. Again, I'm yeah. white. I'm a woman. I'm not in their position. But I just hate for people to attack massively. You right. know, anyone, anyone, anyone at all. Mm-hmm. But so one thing is that, uh, one thing that's coming out of this is people are saying, because X amount of cops are doing these bad things, all cops are evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's something that, like, that's the wrong message to send out. The, the focus, like, that, that, that's where, like, the movement kind of shifts, where you have people on one side saying the actual thing, which is targeting the racism that's inherently there. And then there are other people who are saying, oh, screw the police. We, uh, we want, like, no cops in, in the streets and things like that. And, like, that's also where you see two, peop- like, two different sides of the argument about defund the police and two different perspectives mm. on that. Uh, where one is like no cops, like we don't want any cops uh, at all on the streets because we can't trust them. And then the other side is um, that we should put the money and the cops into something else. When I think Mm. that the problem is probably that the police haven't been funded enough, I would argue that they might need funding to go into training them Mm -hmm. properly, teaching them incapacitation rather than lethal force, things like that are more important than uh, like saying, just take away the money and get rid of the police. I guess maybe what you're trying to say is like, they're given enough, but they're just not putting it in the right spot within the system. Yeah, within the system. the police. Yeah, I get get that. I agree with that completely. I think that's what it is. We actually had, um, we have in our school, an international school where we go to, uh, one of our, I don't even know what his occupation is, but he's just overall there for the school. He does a lot of things for us, different kind of jobs. His name is Vasilius, and he's originally from Greece. And he was a cop in Greece. And I remember talking to him, like, well, would you like to be a cop again? Like, how is that going for you? And he said to me, he was like, nah, because when I came, they said I was too aggressive. And that I should calm down, that I, I am using very hurtful methods hmm. and that they can't qualify me because I'm too much. And I was like, isn't that nice? Like, <laughs> like isn't that so sweet that people are like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, let's not, you don't have to choke. You can just hold their hand. Like, that's not, you don't have to mm-hmm. go that far. Yeah, I get, yeah. And so I think, yeah, education, yeah. So, so how has how has things gone with your with your peers over this? Um, have you have you talked to friends? Have you um, what's the what's the atmosphere there at your you know w- within your town? Well, um, it's been more uh, through social media. You get to see people's perspectives. So people are really so. It's not. It, we might not talk about it like over the phone or when we meet up, but uh, it's something that's very clear to see like which of your friends is posting things consistently about it and which ones are like doing it for the sake of like saying that I posted. Mm. So that's, that's also a big thing that's happening with this movement that like many people are like, Oh, I'm going to a protest, but they take a picture and they leave. So Mm. that also comes out. Like that's when you see who truly supports a movement and who doesn't. And then, um, uh, what's the other thing? The black squares. Many, you want to talk about the black yeah, squares? the black squares. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was this uh, thing, Blackout Tuesday, that took place on Instagram, and I, I'm going to just straight up say I put out a black square on Instagram to say mm-hmm. to support the movement, but like when I put it up and I thought about it and I reflected on it, I said, "What was the point of that? Like, yes, it's showing unity, but." 
is it going to make an actual difference? And I I would think that actually putting out information that's educational to people out there, explaining things like systemic racism, which is, that's a whole, I can talk about that later, but that's not where I want to focus on right now. But systemic racism, explaining, showing cases of what's happening in the world, explaining to people who are too bigoted to understand what white privilege is or what privilege is in general, because I can't say that it's just white privilege because I'm a very privileged person too. So uh, things like that uh, are more important than showing unity by putting up a black black square. I agree with that. And like it also kind of pressures people to putting something up. Yeah, yeah. And like saying that, oh, I've done this. And like many people say, oh, I've done that. That's enough. That's that's all I have to do. So yeah, that was my message. With that you know, one of the things that I'm that I'm interested in be, because, um, or a, a couple things. Now we're, um, so were both of you born and raised in Finland or elsewhere? Well, I was born in India and I stayed there till I was six. Okay. And then I moved to Finland for seven years. Then I went to Hong Kong for two years, and then I've been back in Finland for the past three years. Okay. What about I'm you? Kind of, I'm kind of similar, Tim. I was born in Russia. And I was born in Moscow. And then when I was about, I think, 10 or 11 years old, I first moved to this small town in Finland. Now I'm here in Helsinki. So it's okay. been a while here as well. So, yeah. Okay. What I'm, I'm, I'm interested be because, Barbara, you were, you were saying that you're, that you're going to be getting into film and psychology. Yeah, psychology, and yeah. Then, and then, um, and, and, and Varun, you're, you're going to be getting into inter, um, international economics. Yeah. Um, how... And you know this 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 may or may not happen, but but it seems like both of you are both of you are very passionate about activism. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that your that your passion of for for activism um, would shape what you what you actually do in college? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, even choosing NYU, like one of the things we they actually just emailed me and said, like, what was your reason behind choosing? You know how universities, like, bombard and spam you, and you're like, ah, skip, delete, I don't care about you. Like, so Pepperdine, you know, yeah, yeah. All know, yeah, you know what, you, just, you can just go ahead, I, I don't care, you know not. Sorry to my Pepperdine friends. Of course, sorry, uh, shout out to all the Pepperdine people, I don't know who you are, but you must be awesome. Um, your friends, friends, I mean, anyway. Um, anyway, back to the topic. Uh, I know. Dr. Okay. Hoffman went to Pepperdine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, but, I they're mean, doing that I, after yeah, but you know what? She, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She's a special case. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> She's a, okay, let me, Fred, would you stop? This is really, Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> so they, um, so they email you and they ask, um, NYU also emailed and said, what was your reason behind choosing NYU? What are some things that you were looking for? All of that so they can get feedback. And one of the things that I checked off the most was that the word, um, the word multicultural. Because mm. I hated, I hated in Russia the most that I'd never met anyone but mm. a Russian. I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. And when I came to ISH, our school, our high school, I felt so comfortable being different because everyone was different. Mm-hmm. There was never this dynamic of segregation. It was always all about like, you know, we stopped asking, where are you from? Or like, where were you born? Mm-hmm. We started just asking like, where did you live? Like, what's your story? I what are you that. like? And so I was like, that's exactly the place I want to continue being in. And just being, choosing film and psychology just seemed also really right. Especially film, like I love Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing, where he, it's generally, if you've seen the movie, it's a movie. That's a classic. It's such, it's, okay, listen, it's fire. I'm not even going to deny it. Also, Spike Lee goes to me. Shout out Spike Lee. I love you very much. I hope to see you soon. Anyway, <laughs> um, I love this film. I love that film because of the fact that he's so direct about what's happening. And he didn't just show black uh, black people. He didn't just show Hispanic people or Italian people. He showed everybody. And everybody was angry and everybody was happy and everybody was sad. And that's through film. That's just entertainment. Somebody might laugh at it and be like, that was funny, you know? Oh, my God. Do you see this young Spike Lee? He had a weird haircut in that film. And somebody went, you know what? He has a point. This boy has a point. You know what I mean? And he did that as a young person. So why can't Arun do that, for example? I'm sure he can. 
he's been a star in films in my film class. Oh, Not yeah. my film, but something yeah. like that. He already has a career, Leonardo DiCaprio. Watch out! Uh, <laughs> okay, so, yes. So, uh, so what about you, Varun? Well, I I wouldn't say I'm particularly passionate about activism, okay. but if there's a movement that I can really understand and get behind, learn something about, and sort of better my own understanding and see how I can help, that would be something that would help me like make a decision. So in this case, like the reason why I got so involved in this is a lot of the black community is involved in basketball. And I've always been surrounded by people mm. who African-American people, black people who play basketball and well, people of all different races and cultures. So it's something that connected to me because a lot of my friends like not a lot of my friends are African-American. And I, I wonder if like this is something that they go through mm-hmm. and like something that um, sort of. uh they feel unsafe about or things like that. And it like helps me to empathize with them. So you mentioned a bit earlier. My bad, my bad, my bad. You you mentioned a bit earlier, Varun, about um, the, I think I lost my train of thought now. (laughs) See, I'm horrible. I should just quit. I'll leave the chat. No, not at all. It's fine. It's fine. Fred hates me already. I called him old twice. And and then. I know he called me old once. Well, now there you go. She meant to call you old. (laughs) Oh, I got it back. See, the joke helped me bring it back. So the. There um, you go. You you mentioned how people were maybe disingenuine on their social media posts. Yeah, that's Um, true. How do you, how can you tell? How do you know the difference? If you know the person, you can tell the difference. If you genuinely know the person. And then also, like, um, it's also in what they say. So yeah. some people will write, like, a, like Barbara will write a, a proper, like, eloquently written paragraph in order to, <laughs> in order to uh, describe her opinions on an issue. And then, like, someone else might just put a hashtag and, like, leave it at that. Mm. So... That's how you can tell the difference between someone who's actually done research and gone through right. things and actually understood the situation and people who've just been like, okay, I've shown my support. That's enough. Bye. Mm-hmm. A question I have, because you both have mentioned now that you've been sharing things on your social media. Have you gotten negative backlash from what you've shared? I haven't. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be straight up. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Barbara's face tells me that she has. <laughs> the internet is such a negative space. I feel like I honestly sometimes need internet rehab. Like that's mm-hmm. if that's a thing, yeah. we can organize that somehow. Mm-hmm. I think all of us do. Mm-hmm. Well, all of us need internet rehab. And I remember there was one instance um, that actually led me to talking about Miss Thrash, like with Miss Thrash, and then her finding you guys and you guys finding out about me because she kind of shared what we talked about on her social media. Um, there was this one post, I, I think, I don't remember even what I exactly said, but it was relative to the fact that we, um, we kind of ignore, uh, we kind of ignore the fact that police brutality is not just in the U.S. I received a lot of questions from some of my peers, like, why are you mm-hmm. so passionate about this? Why do you support this so much? And I decided to post and say, you just like, news guys racism is not an american issue police brutality is not an american issue right it is a global issue and that's just obvious to me i don't know if it's obvious to you and then i shared a few statistics and a few studies and things of that nature and i said that people and cops can be bastards in multiple countries Mm -hmm. it's not just the america Mm -hmm. and i received a message from uh one of the students grade below he was like um I don't understand why you'd have to spam my social media like that. I don't understand why you do that. You know what? I just wanted to watch Markiplier. I wanted to watch his live on Instagram. You didn't have to just like, Hmm. and I was like, I'm sorry that it's inconvenient for you that people have opinions. And I'm sorry (laughs) that you think that two stories is a spam. And I'm also sorry that Markiplier he showed up late to his live. I love him as well. And you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry that I delayed, <laughs> delayed this form of entertainment that day. And lawyered. Mic drop. We all love. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I just, you know, 
best of luck to you, man. Best mm. of luck. So yeah, there's a lot of negativity. People mm. don't understand, which I understand why. I mean, sometimes there are days when I go on social media and I just want to see, um, I just want to see the beautiful face of Shawn Mendes. And other days I want to mm. see um, something about film. And other days I actually want to talk about the movement. Yeah. And maybe some days I don't want to see a black square. I get why they're frustrated, mm. but it's very negative all around. But you have the ability to pass by that without comment, right? Like if yeah, you want, course. if you're looking for something specific on the web, you yeah. still are uh, emotionally intelligent enough to acknowledge that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, their own experience. I hope so. I'm not sure about emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yes. But yeah, you do. You do have a choice. You have a choice if you... That's what I also didn't understand is if you if it was so inconvenient, you took more time out to write to me. Yep. You wasted more time not watching Markiplier. I really I'm sorry that it, you wasted twice as much. Yeah, you can just scroll. Yeah. Scrolling. Mm-hmm. Have we forgotten about that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And just just to be negative, not to provide yes, any yeah. value. Yeah. Not to give constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even about starting a conversation. Right. It was literally just about that and I don't understand I don't understand that I really really don't I I think in some way silence is more powerful Mm -hmm. if you you know it's it's okay to be silent it's okay to just shut up and scroll you know and that's and that's one of the things that see I my my background is in social studies um and and I I used to work both both for both for our courts and and also for a for a U.S. Um, senator, and, and one I, I know. I know and so oh my God, I, he's a government official, guys. I, <laughs> I think I think I said too much. I'm so sorry. Oh my God! I, oh no! He's gonna come after Barbara, me. After he's this gonna podcast. be snitching. I know. It's right. snitching. <laughs> oh, you should have told me this before I started to tease you. Dang! Oh my goodness, Fred. You just lost yes. a powerful friend. So I, so I'm very cognizant of what isn't being said. Um, and, and, and the reason being is what's, what's, what's not being said is just as important as what is being said. And, 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 and I think if we, if, you know, if we look at history, if we, at least, at least here, when, when we look at our history books, there's, there's a lot of things that we don't talk about. Um, and, and it's, it's those times when, um, I think we really need to address things. And so, Silence is, I think, oftentimes is worse than actually saying something. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. You know, and, and so when you when you carry on with everything that you're that you're doing, always always try to look for things that aren't being said. Um, That's good advice. I need to write that down. Hold on. All right. We'll all wait for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. All three of you. You can just let's take a pause and all we'll the come listeners. Back after this, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I liked I liked that. I like that. On um, you should focus on what's not being said. I think. Yeah, I just wrote that down. And I to your point, too, Barbara, you you brought up Christopher Columbus, and that's something yeah. that we have certainly glossed over in we American history. That. And a lot of people are very much in denial as to what kind of guy he was. Um, and right. just want to say, oh well, he discovered America, and that's it. Never mind oh, all the. That's also that. debatable. That's uh, also debatable. Yeah, that's right. also very <laughs> correct. Vikings yeah, you were a thing. Vikings. No, there were people before Vikings. There was a, even before. See, there you go. An have. Arabic. I think it was about. Well, Arabic what about person. the Native Americans? Didn't they discover America? Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> just him being, yeah, him <laughs> the having his own issues as a murderer and all that. Dang, right. honestly, but we ignore but, that. Mm-hmm. And we, and that's yeah, that's that. We kind of focus on the good. But I wanted to add to Fred's point that like silence is often times more lethal than saying something. Um, I remember having a conversation with one, with one of my friends and she said, well, what if I don't know what to say? And I think I said to her, I was like, you look for opinions that you agree with and that's how you form your own opinion. Maybe, for example, like I love Trevor Noah very much. I love mm-hmm. him. I and some too. of the things he's saying, I, he, honestly, Trevor, like he has my heart. He's such an <laughs> amazing person to watch talk about all these issues. And so you first kind of start thinking of what other people are saying. And if you agree with that, and I guess that's when you can speak up after, or at least kind of voice their opinion, you know, mm-hmm. 
that's also a way of not staying silent. You don't have to be the person who is the advocate or you can support the advocate, you know? Or ask a question. Yeah, just ask questions. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with asking questions? It doesn't cost mm-hmm. much. Maybe just your life if you're in, in, in less privileged. Again, let's think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think by, by asking questions, that's, that's when we acknowledge as, as people that we, that we may not know everything. And for, right. and for many people, that's difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. what I found is that it's, it's the people that ask questions, even though I don't agree with them, those are the people that I, that I like speaking with, mm. um, because we could, we can actually have a conversation and I could also learn from them. Um, you know, so, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm preaching. So it's good. I'll be in your church. It's fine. I'll be in your church. I'll be the first in no. line. I'll be the, I'll be the first in line. As long as you don't wear a white pointy hood, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. She's got I know, jokes I'm just, for I'm days sorry, here. I'm, just, I just, I'm sorry. I'm just really done with all of that. I'm really no, done with yeah. racism. I'm not sure other yeah. people are just as done. I'm just frustrated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, I'll be yeah. there. I'll support you. Which is, all right. Thanks, it's all Barbara. about love and kindness and empathy in any way, shape, or right. form. And then we can form a religion out of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no. I yeah, know it's the sure. basis of a lot of religions, though. Oh, listen, you know, it's all about, you know, it's all about misinterpreting, though, religion. Yeah. If we talk, if we jump on the topic, people sometimes misinterpret, like Helter Skelter with Charles Manson, like they misinterpreted the song, man, it's the same thing. Like some people misinterpret the Bible. Some people misinterpreted the Torah. Yes. You just misinterpret. So like, yeah. it's about taking the time to learn before you actually choose to like do something. And not blindly following people, question them. So both of I you are not- very well educated and like very, and I'm going to say it again, emotionally intelligent. And you yeah. are oh, wise oof. beyond your years. Like many adults that I know do not have this wisdom that you have. I'm just yeah. wondering where where this came from. Would you attribute it to your experiences, to being well-read, to, parents, to, to your parents? Uncles, aunties. Oh, my um, I'd attribute it to a few things, like my parents, for sure, my uh, or my family in general, for sure, my uh, education. So, like, the kind of schooling that I went through, like, it taught me to think, think things critically and look at things critically. And... And then also my experiences, so meeting people from different cultures, being able to understand, okay, sometimes I can be pig-headed and not understand people's points of views, same, same. but make an attempt to yeah. at least understand. And if we, if we disagree, we disagree. That's basically hmm. what made me I like that. the way I am. Mm-hmm. I think I'm very similar to Mar- Varun in the sense that it's kind of my it's the in many ways the bubble that we grew up in whilst it is a bubble in many ways it also gave us a lot of good things Mm -hmm. such as just being very culturally aware and like I said previously I don't like we stop asking questions like where were you born we start asking like what's your story like what do you like as a person we start learning from each other Mm -hmm. yeah and just um having the Again, it sounds cliche, but having the privilege to actually travel and see things mm-hmm. beyond just where I live and the premises of my house. And also, I think in many ways, it's exposure to entertainment. Let me expand on that. Like when the when the Black Rights Movement came about, I just thought about so many influential people in my life that kind of added to my love of other cultures, I'd say, and other perspectives. Like I thought a lot about Nina Simone. I thought a lot about Spike Lee and... I thought a lot about Jean-Michel Basquiat, who's an artist. And I thought, like, all these people, they have these different backgrounds, and I love them. Why can't that be the case with everything? Why can't we? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, taking from others and giving back and, like, admiring what they're doing without mm-hmm. having any relationship to them at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And separating the person from the inform- from the art or the information. Yeah. Separating the artist from the art and separating the, I guess, the politics from the human. Like, I, there's so many different ways. Just separating, looking at everything. Taking the good and leaving the bad. But, then but just not, also, not being ignorant, I'm saying. Not yeah, being not ignorant. Be, not you know, being ignorant if, you, like, if you, you know, if you... If the person is, 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 yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, let's not, let's not go there, but... 
you know, just generally seeing good. But I think what you're also saying is that don't bring your own preconceived notions of to who this person might be to every interaction. Because yeah. as you're saying, Barbara, you were born in Russia and Finland and, and Russia have history, but you have nothing to do with that. And so get, whatever, yeah, whatever get, someone's, you know, um, I guess bias are about Russians, that doesn't have anything to do with you because you were born there. But the, the thing is like... Um, it's hard not to bring bias. Yeah. You know, I, like it's hard to be an angel. It's hard to be a saint. I catch myself and I'll just admit to it. Like there are, there are, there's, there will all, there always have been like racist, racist thinking and sexist thing. Like you, and I catch myself thinking that way sometimes. I really do. It's unconscious not about biases. Unconscious. It's yeah. not about having that or like not having that. It's about catching yourself yeah. with that. So I do have bias. I always have, and I think I will at some, on, to some degree. I think it's about catching it, and what the school kind of taught us is catching the bias. Yeah. Not but if, if you're being bias. honest, like I'll ask you this: if you if you catch the bias enough times, eventually your unconscious bias starts to ignore those biases that you already had. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree also with facts. that? Also facts. Also yeah. facts. Also big facts there. So yeah. Yeah, and, and that's just it. We all have bias. We all have yeah, bias. it's not like you, you show up with a clear mind. That's not, you can't show up and be like, I don't think anything of you. You always have an opinion on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, so yeah. But you're, but you're, but you're really right. It's, it's when we, when we catch it and say, okay, that was a stupid thought. Yeah, like we, that's, that's old. That, get out of there. Let's not do that. And it, and it takes practice. Um, and like you said, just acknowledging it is a really good first step. And and also maybe just being a little bit kind and patient with yourself to give yourself the opportunity to learn and grow from those. Let's not beat ourselves. Let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's so, so, so um, for both of you, what are you what are you looking forward to? Um, um, for Maroon, you were you were sharing that you're um, going to be going to school in British in British Columbia and in Barbara you're going to NYU what are some things that you're looking forward to oh meeting different people that's and meeting new people because I've pretty much spent take away two years 12 years 10 years in the same place for most of my life so yeah people come and go but like I've had some friends that stayed for like three four years so you you kind of have seen the same people over and over again. But now I'm going to a completely different culture, meeting people that, like, I don't know at all, and, like, kind of remake it, re, relearning how to make friends kind of thing. Oh, okay. So something like that, relearning how to... Uh, because if, if you're surrounded by the same kind of people all the time, you don't learn new ways of sort of meeting people and understanding them. So that's, right. that's something I'm really looking forward to. And then also the subject I'm studying, because economics was my favorite class, one of my favorite classes. I also liked psychology and English. Shut but uh, one, of, one of my favorite classes uh, in high school, and it's something that uh, I definitely want to see forward, see, take myself, take forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. I what think with me, listen, before we even get started on the deep question, one very shallow answer that I will give you is the minute I get back to New York, I have to see a Knicks game and I have to go to Madison Square Garden to a concert as well, not just basketball. Listen, those two, that's just me. That's just my friend. Really mm-hmm. Well, hopefully the Knicks won't be playing anymore because they're sorry. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> I know, I know, man, I know. I just want to see, I mean, okay, I just, I'm just looking, really looking forward to going. I, I mean, they'll have the Knicks ever been good. Like, no, no, I think, you know okay, what, in it's the, about... In the 90s, yeah, in the 90s, yeah. but that was like 30 years ago. Yeah, but, but <laughs> so then, you long know, ago. so long ago, and then Dennis Rodman came in with the rebounds, and then Scottie Pippen was the game. And, then and, just, the, and the Rockets basically took everything yeah, away from Yeah, and them. then, yeah, so, but yeah, uh, honestly... We can talk about like, basketball for days, but yeah, let's, no, about, we let's, both let's stay play. on topic. Yeah, let's, yeah. Stay, let's stay on topic. But, um, yeah, if we stay on topic, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, learning about the u.s does that sound weird i no i no, think not at all. it's weird because i i've always had i've grown up with like a a scandinavian i guess perspective of the u.s and yeah. what mm-hmm. everything is 
And I've never been politically involved. I've never been like socially involved. I have friends that are American, but I just want to, it's like a country that's, that everybody talks about yeah. all the time. And I just want to know for myself, like, like, what is it? What, why do we always talk about it? What exactly, what kind of baggage do, do these guys have? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like Varun said, meeting a lot of people again, because it's so multicultural. I just want to talk to people. I want to listen to them. You know, and, and what's and what's really cool about where you're where you're coming from too, though you're 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 in a part of the world where you could jump onto a train and be in four different countries within four hours. You know, yeah. and so um, and so I, I, I'm thinking you're going to be bringing more more of a worldview than you than you actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I as feel in, so special now. Thank you, friend. I just. Thanks. <laughs> you know, but then at the but at the same time, New York City is different from Bloomington, Indiana. It's different from um, you know Montgomery, Alabama. Alabama. You know, so so the U.S. is really different, and the same is true up 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 north. Um, you know, just mm. you know, just with our just with our Canadian neighbors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try to try to get out and just search and. Which I'm thinking, you know, both of you just with your with your backgrounds, that's what you're going to yeah. be doing. So, which is which I is really so. cool. I hope so. I want to I want to go to Chicago and get a dip dish pizza oh. for once in my life. <laughs> like that's my plan right there. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's going to be very different yeah, than New York like, pizza. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I might start a website and do a little rating. Mm-hmm. Rate me on TripAdvisor. I'll let you know, guys, when I get this started. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, seeing seeing things, yes, of course. So as we wrap up, we like to ask our guests what their call to action is. And this is mm-hmm. the one takeaway that our listeners would take from you if they wanted, uh, if you wanted to be remembered for one thing. What would you say is your call to action? Well, um, I, I feel like mine is using sports or something you love to do that's outside of like just talking or going to school or things like that in order to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, I, I did this basketball camp in India for underprivileged children. Yeah. And, he's amazing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the whole point was to teach underprivileged children. But in doing that, I actually subconsciously also taught them equality between girls and boys, because to me, it was like the common, like, sense that a girls and boys should get the same chance but like when i went to set up the camp i was like told by the person who was running the school do you want it boys only or do you want it girls only and i said can't they both be together Hmm. and uh basically what i'm trying to get at is that you can use something outside of uh school and work and things like that in order to teach you and to teach other people about a bigger issue or a bigger um concept in the world and mm-hmm. like uh yeah basically that's yeah it. use the, like an authentic learning okay. experience to tackle yeah. those bigger issues and a unique way and a unique way yeah. and it's a way that people that'll stick with people because yeah. who doesn't like to play sports and have fun mm-hmm. or do chess and have fun right that is so cool like i always we always come back to his project and i love hearing about it like you, you should see the photos he has he has photos of the, the camp mm-hmm. and the children and they're smiling and it's beautiful. I don't. I felt like I should say that. It's, it's great. I just love it. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for sharing that. That's amazing. I think my call to action, if I had one, that would be uh, to not trust your sources. If that sounds, if that sounds okay. But yeah. I, I thought about, I thought about a lot, like uh, what I was watching and where I was getting my information from, and that is just complete BS to what actually was going on or is going on. There's never such thing as a whole truth. There's never such thing as we, we had this psychology class with Miss Hating. I think she also was on the podcast or not, but you might know her. And she said, she said to us, there's no such thing as prove. You don't use the P word. The P word is prove. You you don't use that word. There's no such thing. She would actually mark you down on papers. She would, she would, she really would. So then I was thinking like, yeah, she would. So you never, just don't trust your sources. If It's great if you listen to Trevor Noah in The Daily Show. It's great if you're following his homage. It's great if you're watching a Spike Lee film. But 
can we find other things that you can also look at that you may not even agree with, like watching Tommy Lauren? Maybe that will start a conversation, though. Maybe you don't agree with her, mm-hmm. but that may start something. You think about something. Yeah. Don't trust all your sources. Think about how many you are consulting before you talk. I like that. That's really great. That's really- Varun and Barbara, you two are amazing. We could sit and talk to you guys for hours. I know. This is really cool. I am so excited to see what you are going to do in your future. And I would love to connect with you guys, you know, maybe in six months or a year to see how you're doing and and see how that goes. But you guys are two incredible young adults and the world is a better place for having you in it. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. And thanks a lot for having us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys.